Welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Adam Wright. Joining us today is Courtney Black, fifth grade science and social studies teacher at Allen Park Elementary. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You have had quite a year. It has been quite a year, yeah. It's it's hard to think about back to August and the start of the school year and all the things that have transpired. Yeah, you've uh, been awarded the Golden Apple this I year, was. and your students and some students from some other schools got to speak to an astronaut aboard the International Space Station, which was really cool. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit later. But first, I just want to get to know you a little bit more. Okay. So tell me about where you grew up and how you became a teacher, your educational background, and what drew you to teaching and all that. Well, um, my family moved to Lee County uh, in the fall of 1988, and I attended Villas Elementary and then Fort Myers Middle School and went to Bishop Vero High School. So I've been in Lee County for several years now and um, absolutely never had any intention of being a teacher. I went to Florida State and majored in communications, uh, public It's unfortunate, relations. but we'll let that yeah. pass. <laughs> and... Um, got out of school, worked for two years, and was like, well, I don't want to do this. This is terrible. So I went back to school. I moved to England and went to law school for three years. With some, I knew I wanted to work with kids, not teaching again. So I thought I would do some sort of international human rights, international adoption law, and moved back home uh, with the intent of getting a master's in comparative law and started substitute teaching in my spare time just to earn a little extra money. And it was the kids. Um, I, teaching always sounded like a lot of work for not a lot of money. Um, so there wasn't really anything appealing about it until you work with a room full of children who have bright, funny, inquisitive minds that think about things in a totally different way, a totally different perspective than most adults. Mm -hmm. And it's so refreshing and so encouraging. And when you really feel like you are a part of their story and you're impacting the future, there's no other profession or job now that I could ever imagine doing. So I kind of fell into teaching because of being around kids and being a part of their learning was an incredibly rewarding and very addictive uh, practice. So. Why do you say addictive? Well, it, you know, I, I can imagine teaching kindergarten. I don't teach kindergarten, thankfully. Um, they're very small and they run in different directions. Um, but when I introduce a really complex uh, topic in science, and I know it's going to take some struggle, I know it's going to take a lot of time for my kids to get there, but when they do, when they're like, well, I understand that. I understand that about more about matter now. I understand um, principles of physics. And they really have a true understanding. Being a part of that aha moment is something that uh, there's not much else that could ever replace it. So it's pretty amazing. And you've been teaching for about 12 years, 12 years now, you said? Yeah, about 12 years off and on. Um, I stayed home for a few years with my daughter, and I substitute taught in Lee County. Um, and started as a substitute. So uh, if you put all my teaching years and experience together, it's been about 12 years. So what you said you were in England for three years? What was, was. that like? Um, amazing. I, I think I probably should have been my first indicator that I was meant to teach because I loved learning. I loved being in school. I loved that process of being with other learners. Um, 
and the teaching community is very much like that. Uh, I collaborate with so many other teachers, not only in Lee County, but across the nation. And it's one of my favorite things uh, because they have such amazing ideas on how to reach and teach every kid, how to incorporate new technology, how to um, get that rowdy classroom back on track. Um, you know, and I'll often text or send an email to field ideas and it's been um it's really been the best experience being able to reach out to other teachers uh, that have like best practices and are like-minded. So. so you teach both science, fifth grade science and social studies. Is that, is that rare for one teacher to teach just those two subjects? Cause I don't ever, I don't think I ever had a teacher who taught just those two. No, it, it, well it, it probably is rare. Um, I have a very supportive administration who knows that my heart is science and knows that I want to kind of, build those relationships and teach as many kids as possible. So they, they allowed me this year uh, to teach science and social studies. And um, most of the time it's science and math and math tends to get a little more time, effort and attention. So when this opportunity came up for me to just teach science, it was very rewarding and I very much appreciate it. So, so you were just social studies before that? Or no, I was ma I was math and science before oh, okay. that. Normally, they take social studies yeah. and they uh, weave it into the ELA or the language arts curriculum, and that's where it normally lives. Um, since it isn't a tested subject in elementary, it doesn't get tested until middle school, so it doesn't really gain its own entity or its own class. Um, but so science and social studies, and it's been fun to really incorporate the two, have some STEM projects, like what was life like in Colonial Jamestown? What were some of the inventions that they relied on? You know, how did STEM come into play, you know, several hundred years ago? So that's been, that's kind of been a fun challenge. Yeah, I was going to ask, so how, how do you teach the two? Do you mix them up? Do you do like first half of the day is science, second half of the day is social studies, or do the students travel to different teachers throughout the day? How they does, do. how, what's your typical day kind of like? Well, I have three blocks of students and generally speaking, I will spend, um, I've got about 90 minutes with each and I'll spend about between 45 minutes and an hour on science and about a half an hour on social studies unless we are working on a project. If if I have a project going like we do now, they are, um, what would it be like, it, you're the first kid president. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the laws you would make? Because we're learning about the government and the different roles in the branches. So in the executive branch, they need to know the uh, duties and responsibilities of the president. So throwing them into a project where they actually have to think, you know, who do you invite to the inaugural ball? Who's in your cabinet? What laws would you make? What kind of monuments would you build? They're, they're really enjoying it and they're, they're begging, they're like, can we work on our project? So it's exciting to see it come to life for them because social studies can be stale if, um, if it's not applied to them. I want to ask you about kind of your uh, how you kind of run a classroom because I watched these the story that NBC2 <laughs> right. did on you after you won the golden <laughs> apple and it, the story starts off with you know the camera entering the classroom and all, I think all of your students are standing up on their chairs <laughs> or on their desks and they're doing some kind of chant or song and it seems like a very don't active, tell the fire inspector <laughs> uh, it seems like a very active fun classroom I think one of the students that was interviewed for the story said that he's there's never a dull moment or he's never bored in, in your class. So how do you approach your, you know, what's your approach to teaching and keeping it fun? I, I think it's probably one of the most important tasks is to keep it engaging. Um, but it has to be an authentic 
engaging learning experience. You know, what you see is a bunch of students standing on chairs, but what they're actually doing is they're singing a song um, of the water cycle to baby shark. I know it's horrible, but they'll remember it. Um, Or they're uh, talking about our big ideas, these standards that have these big overarching ideas. They need to know kind of what the foundation is. So they learn it in sign language. they're not real excited about learning in sign language. There's a few that are. But if you let them stand on their chair, all of a sudden you've got their engagement, you have their attention. They're not sitting at their desk drawing notes or dreaming off. So it just, it really helps with engagement. It really helps them feel like they're doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, Movement is so important to children. I don't care if they're five or they're 15, they still need to move in order to really be fully engaged. Okay, so let's talk about the the big project that you took part in this year. Um, it's called ARIS, A-R-I-S-S, mm-hmm. Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, I think you is what it. it's an yep. acronym for. So you, how did this come about? So the, the students, some from your own class, mm-hmm. and then um, I believe it was, how many students took part in the overall? There were 21 students from 11 different schools. And they got to actually speak to an astronaut in space, yeah. on board the International Space Station through an amateur ham radio, Correct. right? Yeah. So, and so how rare was this for these students to take part in this? Well, typically speaking, ARIS selects 25 uh, organizations each cycle all across the globe. So 13 of those happened to be in the United States, and we were one of 13 in that cycle. Usually a cycle is about half a year. Uh, So it is pretty rare. Um, Most kids don't get to experience something like that. They just kind of are starting to realize how rare it was. And uh, they'll email me or call me and they'll be like, that was really awesome. Uh, At the time, they just thought this is a lot of work. And it was, if they thought it was a lot of work, it was a lot of work on some wonderful teachers, some community members, CenturyLink, uh, the Fort Myers Amateur Radio Club, were tremendous supporters of this. It took, you know, several hundred hours to put together and to organize. Uh, So it was very rare, but also a very well-deserved. First time it's ever been done in Lee County, right? Correct. The Lee County School. So how did, I mean, how did this even come about? You're the one, I believe, right, who found out about it and looked into it and and made it happen, right? For the past um, several years, I've been involved with different organizations, such as the Space Foundation out in Colorado. They have a teacher liaison program, and I believe I'm Lee County's only representative to the Space Foundation. I'm also a part of the Space Center Houston Expedition Crew, which is a group of 30 educators across the United States um, who are just dynamite and phenomenal. And through these organizations, I found out that you can have a video downlink. You could have an ARIS contact with amateur radio. Um, so I would approach ARIS and I'd be like, I really want to do this at different conferences and events I would go to. And they would be like, great, what's your equipment like? And I just look at them like, I got a walkie talkie and they're like, no, when you find someone with some equipment, if you have an amateur radio club in town, you know, try reaching out to them. Well, before I could kind of get those wheels in motion, 
CenturyLink and the Fort Myers Amateur Radio Club reached out to the school district. And I said, do you have any teachers that are interested in space and maybe wouldn't partner with us? And um, I don't know if it was Dr. McCullers or um, Mark McCreary, but somebody was like, oh, yes, we have someone who <laughs> has been asking us, you know, how can we get more of this into the classrooms? So they gave CenturyLink my name. Uh, we started I had already written an application to do a video downlink, which was, uh, it's a similar application process. What is the curriculum that you would put into place before and leading up to? So we planted tomatoes that actually flew on the International Space Station. We um, tracked our steps. Did you um, get to eat the tomatoes? Yeah, we ate them. They tasted fine. Yeah, I might be, you know, growing another, you know, head somewhere now. But <laughs> um, it was, yeah, they were great. They were regular old Roma tomatoes, except some of them had flown on the International Space Station and some of them stayed on Earth and they had to see if there was any difference in the germination rates. So NASA actually uses that data that we collect and it's a free program for all teachers, any teachers out there, Tomatosphere, first the Seed Foundation. Um, it's really, really cool. Great way to introduce you know plants and life cycles of a plant and variables. So that was one project we did. We also tracked our steps to the international, no, we tracked our steps to the moon uh, through uh, another program called Train Like an Astronaut. And they have all these free programs um, that tie space beautifully into the curriculum we already have set in place, the standards we already use. And it was just kind of easy. You know, I think Shelly Chitwood from CenturyLink, she's like, wow, the stars have just aligned on this one. And they certainly had. So everything just fell into place. It was right around the time of Irma when we started the application process. So that gives you an idea of how long it took for us to get everything together, get all the community members on board, orchestrate the event. And then, you know, it was only a 10 minute conversation. So it's, you know, some kids are like, you know, how long are we going to be committed for this? So it's a long time. They would practice, you know, uh, using ham radios, mm. uh, but it was well worth it. And it happened, and, and the event was when again? October 8th. October. October so, 8th. and then Irma was, I think, in September of the year the before. Previous so, year. about it, it took over a year. Took over a year. Yeah. And we just had our last event with Eris where the kids got a QSL card, which is the proof that you make contact. So, on one side of the QSL con uh, card, it has their name and the call sign that they used. And on the other side is the International Space Station because it was actually. You can have two different types of contacts. One's called a telebridge, where you bounce off satellites. So the International Space Station doesn't have to be directly above. Well, we chose to do the direct contact, which is where you can only have a window of about 10 minutes because it's those 10 minutes that the ISS is actually passing above you, which it, it, that's why we had that big mm. antenna right on top of the school. And so you said the kids tracked their steps to the moon. So how many steps would it take to, to actually walk? To the, do you, can you remember? 148 million steps or give or take 100,000 or so. Um, so it was a lot of steps. And the, and uh, the students actually walked 148 the students, million? students, not, not one student, but collectively <laughs> a group of students tracked their steps. We tracked them. Every All these little kids uh, from kindergarten to fifth grade had these little pedometers that I had gotten off eBay. Um, and they would come in at the end of the day and like, look how many steps we took. So we would record them. And it was really cool that they, uh, they're starting to think a little more broad-mindedly about the world that they live in and, and distances. And it's a great way to incorporate physical education and math into the, something that they really enjoy. So were you doing like space 
themed units throughout the year leading up yes. to it, I'm sure. Yes. Were, were there, you know, those moments where the students learned something about space or the space station that just like kind of their, they, their minds were blown yeah. or they had that moment of, oh my gosh, that's so cool. They do. I Maybe not as much as their teacher, um, <laughs> but some of them, I have some true space lovers in my class and I, you know, we kind of uh, bond over that shared affection, uh, but they... <clears throat> couldn't believe how fast it goes and travel 17,500 miles an hour. They loved watching the videos of how they live on the space station, how matter acts in a microgravity uh, environment that water doesn't have anything to hold it. So it'll just create a bubble with uh, the surface tension. So uh, they loved seeing how the astronauts would wash their hair or brush their teeth or go to the bathroom. And, um, it was, they have some great videos and great resources that were easy to use. They also have what they call demonstrations, which um, they examine a lot of Newton's laws um, in a microgravity uh, atmosphere. So it was really neat for them to see um, that an object in motion really is going to stay in motion until acted on by an opposite force, especially when there's no gravity acting upon it. Mm. So. so all this learning is leading up to the actual day yes. of setting up this ham radio. So the, the astronauts on the space station, they have an amateur radio up there with them too? They do. They have a complete, I believe it's an Ericsson system. Um, and it's not unlike one we would have down here. Unfortunately, the day of the event, their large radio broke. Um, unbeknownst to us until just a few minutes beforehand. So oh it created a little bit of stress. Um, and basically, Dr. Annan Ch Chancellor was the astronaut. Um, she's board certified in aerospace medicine. I did not know you could be certified in aerospace medicine. Um, but she was just a champ because she got out the little handheld uh, Kenwood and um, it was basically a glorified walkie-talkie. She conducted the entire Eris contact on the handheld radio. It went off without a hitch. Um, and the kids got to ask all their questions. All 21 kids got to ask a question I got to ask too. Um, and that was really cool for me. Uh, and she was great. It was just an incredible experience that she would take time out of her busy schedule to talk to 21 kids from Lee County and one very excited teacher. And she is just inspiring that next generation. And I hope to do a little bit of that too, so. And we were there and we had cameras yes. filming the thing. So let's you know play a little short clip of what it was okay. actually like talking to them. Hi, my name is Avery Black. And how often do you get to talk to your family? Over. Hi, Avery. Actually, I can call my family every day on the cell phone if I want to, and then once a week I get to see them on kind of a video conference. Over. My name is Joshua Yu. Who or what inspired you to be an astronaut and have a STEM-based career? Over. Actually, my family was very supportive when I was growing up, and I just remember watching shuttles launch over and over and over again and absolutely loved it and knew I needed to be there. Over. Okay, so how come only how come only ten minutes? Was it because of the the movement of the space station, and there was only that little window to get a signal, or how does it work? That you're absolutely right. There's only about a ten minute window that the um, ISS is in range, which they would call it, and it's about a. I don't know how big the range is. It's bigger than because you're about 250 miles up. They're going 17,500 miles an hour. So it's it's a good size range, but it's still they're moving so fast. It is not a long period of time. So that's why we were limited to 10 minutes. Um, 
We could have probably had a longer one had we done the telebridge because it could attract uh, the International Space Station, but uh, that's not fun. <laughs> I want to make it hard. Okay. So uh, now, how now did the the questions that the students asked yeah. were those very methodically thought out? What they were going to ask well beforehand? <laughs> did you go over with them what? Well, they should ask. Did they come up with their own questions? They did. They came up with their own questions. I felt like it was important for it to be an authentic experience. I wanted them to find out the answers to their questions. What do you want to know? Um, one kid asked about, said, I can look up the technical part. I want to know what drove her to become an astronaut. I want the personal question. Um, another kid asked what food tastes like on the International Space Station. So, you know, they... These kids are incredible, and they have very inquisitive minds. There were um, probably close to 100 applications, and we could we, we ended up taking 21. Mm. So um, I was so proud of those kids because they came, they gave their time, they practiced. Uh, they were very articulate and awesome. We practiced how, ham radio etiquette. We practiced um, being well-spoken, loud enough, enunciating. And I just, I can't say enough about those kids. Uh, well, yeah, so 100 applied, and, uh, and so only about, only 21 yeah. made the cut. What was the, kind of some of the deciding factors? Was it uh, their, did they have to kind of demonstrate a, a love and an interest for space, or what was the application process? That like? was part of it. Yeah. And I felt like that that was an important part of it, because this opportunity had the potential to be a catalyst for many of these kids to spur them on to STEM careers. And that's really where my heart is. Because if that's something that they're passionate about and they want to go after, I want to create experiences really across Lee County. Um, and I'm really passionate about this. There's so much more that's out there that I hope to do. Um, it's kind of like drinking from a, you know, a fire hose. <laughs> uh, but the main criteria for Picking these kids was very much, are you interested in the STEM career? And so, I mean, I was, you kind of answered it, but I was going <laughs> to ask, you know, why, you know, why do this in the first place? Obviously, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but obviously, a lot of work, too, going yes. into, you know, a year's worth of preparation and and everything. So just, I mean, the main purpose to in, inspire the students, to show them something that, was awesome and, and you know <laughs> encourage them to maybe become an astronaut themselves i would love that <laughs> um that and there's so much out there so many kids get stuck in a box of i want to be a doctor i want to be a lawyer i want to be a teacher these are all honorable incredible professions but about a million jobs go unfilled each year in tech industries and if we can make lee county students competitive in that market I think it just opens up a whole future for them that wouldn't otherwise be available. They need to realize what is out there. And if we can create more experiences, I'd love to do some high altitude balloon launches with schools across Lee County. That's something that districts across the United States are starting to do. We can partner with some of the marine companies in Florida and go retrieve our balloon after it pops and get the data back and hopefully our GoPro because those are, that's the expensive part. Uh, <laughs> We could do uh, underwater robotics. We're right on the coast. They Districts across the country are using robots called sea perch robots that do underwater mechanics. It helps us not only in space, but here on Earth as well. So it, those programs, um, 
are things I'd love to start bringing back. Um, Eris, I felt like for me was the beginning. Yeah. Um, and hopefully uh, Collier or Hendry will reach out soon because I'd love for them to do an Eris contract. We're, we're barred from doing one for about four years now that we've had one. Um, but hopefully it's, it started something, yeah. uh, especially with a lot of the kids. Yeah. So what was some of the reactions that you got from, from the students after it was over and they, they went through it? Some of the, some of the comments you heard from them? Um, my, I, there were a couple of kids that were high school students and they were really hesitant to apply because it was being hosted in an elementary school and I'm an elementary teacher. And I'm so glad that they took the chance and they did it because uh, two of them have been accepted to Embry-Riddle and we'll be roommates in the fall. They didn't know each other before that. Awesome. So that was really exciting for me. Um, both of them have an interest in being astronauts. Uh, one of them has named and claimed it. She wants to be the first boots on Mars. So uh, the way things are progressing, she's got a shot. Yeah. And just seeing these kids that before were like, I think I kind of might want to work in the space industry. That's kind of cool to me. That's, that's fascinating. That's intriguing to being like, oh, I'm hooked. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that must have been kind of what you were hoping for. <laughs> hoping yeah. for. I went to space camp when I was a kid, and um, I remember watching the Challenger explode when I was in first grade and always wanted to build a better spaceship uh, for the astronauts. And then freshman geometry came along, and it was not a good experience. And <laughs> I can even remember thinking, oh, maybe I'm not good at this. And I wish I would have probably stuck with it because um, I kind of floundered career-wise for a while, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I'm glad I ended up where I did. Uh, but that perseverance or grit, the keep trying is what I hope that's one lesson that these kids learned from this experience as well. Yeah. Well, now you're teaching and inspiring a future generation of students who might build that better spaceship. I bet they will. <laughs> uh, okay, so and then... Later on in the school year, you yes. uh, were awarded the Golden Apple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and five or six other teachers. Five other teachers. Uh, and that was also captured on video, and mm -hmm. I was watching it. And <laughs> you are just surrounded by all of your students, and there's <laughs> there's tears running down your face. Um, so what was that moment like for you? Um, it was a bit surreal. I think part of the reason that being a recipient was so special is because I did grow up here and I have worked here long enough to know about all of the amazing educators in Lee County. This is not, you know, a well-deserved good for you. This was more of a, wow, I can't believe out of everybody that I'm being recognized for this. Um, I, I see teachers <laughs> work just as hard, inspire just as many, uh, reach just as many kids every single day. So it was really humbling. Mm. Um, it was funny because I tried to prepare the kids. I, I could deal with my disappointment if I wasn't a recipient. I couldn't deal with theirs. And I tried to tell the kids, okay, I got a text this morning. Today's the day they're handing them out, so it may not happen. And the kids are like not accepting this. They're like, well, what's going to happen? I said, well, it, if if I'm a they're going to open the door, come in and say you're, you know, you're a golden apple teacher. So they're looking out the window all morning and I'm like, please stop. You're making me a nervous wreck. You've got to sit down. We have work to do, you know. So we had been doing a silly activity where we were put, putting mustaches on. I'm glad I actually took mine off before they walked in. Um, and then this kid who's a total practical joker starts screaming, they're here, they're here. And then everybody lost it. Um, so they were very 
to see them excited and wanting this for me was also something that was pretty incredible because they're a pretty incredible group of kids. Every time I watch one of those videos of, Mm -hmm. you know, the golden apple recipients, you know, getting the, the apple. And one thing I always notice is the students go crazy and that you can genuinely see or you can see that they're genuinely happy and excited for their teacher, yeah. which is really special. And they are. They And they were. They, f- you know, felt like they were a part of something big this year. And, um, you know, I really attribute their effort because they, they always tried to make me look good. Uh, one time, these kids who were, you know, they're kids. They're 10 and 11-year-olds, and they're trying to be on their best behavior. But, you know, they're working on these projects and getting frustrated. And one of them goes, Mrs. Black, are they gone yet? When one of the observers said, I'm like, yeah, honey. And he turns to his neighbor and said, why didn't you tell me? And gave him a big shove. I'm like, okay, well, there are my children. I'm glad that you're still come over here. And, you know, they just really wanted to put the best foot forward. I didn't want to put any pressure on them. So I tried, you know, not to just make, I said, let's do what we do. Let's, let's show them what we know. Let's do what we do. And, you know, the rest is up to chance because there's 30 great educators that were finalists. And it's you know, like shooting fish in a barrel, any one of them, I'm sure everybody would have been like, yep, yep, well done, good job, so. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. And is there anything you want people to know about Allen Park Elementary? Well, one thing. Yeah, the chair's a little squeaky. Sorry. <laughs> uh, one thing is that being a Lee County native and growing up here and having, you know, some of the best teachers in Lee County, I'm just grateful to be at a school where there are so many phenomenal educators. I would put them up against anyone and they're willing to collaborate and do whatever it takes to reach every kid. Um, I love our STEM program that's growing. I was just starting to work. We're going to Legoland next week and we're going to take a a Legoland uh, or sorry, a Lego Mindstorm robotics class with the hopes of starting a Legoland or a Lego first Mindstorm robotics team. We already have a STEM club and we have coding robots, the Spheros and some drones. Uh, But this is something that I feel like, especially at the elementary level, is pretty Mm. rare and would be great not only for Allen Park, but for Lee County as well. Cool. Uh, Are you ready for the speed round, five questions? Sure. Cool. All right, right, what's your favorite book? My favorite book, either Gone with the Wind or The Martian. Okay. Pretty different. Different genres. Yeah. Yeah. See the, what do you think about both of the movies? Um, I thought that especially the Martian was pretty close to the book. Um, there were a couple of parts that they took some liberties with, but I thought that was pretty good. Um, gone with the wind. The book is, it was one of the first long novels I read. I read it in middle school Wow. and I'll read it like a thousand pages. It's something like that. I've always loved to read, Mm. Um, and every once in a while I'll go back and revisit and read it again, and it's one that I feel like I pick up new stuff every time. Well, with a thousand pages, you probably can, Um, but The Martian, I felt like, was a science textbook um, put to a fiction story, Mm -hmm. and I loved how accurate it was. So that Andy was, Weir, is that Andy yeah. Weir. He's really known for being really technically accurate, right? And he was. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's nothing more frustrating as a science teacher, and I'm sure, you know, some engineers and scientists across the world would agree when you're watching the story and you're going, oh, that would never happen mm-hmm. um, because Hollywood takes some liberties. So I love the fact that how accurate it was. It really wouldn't have been a 
a sandstorm on Mars, but they, they needed that for the storyline. So sure. that, that we could forgive. So, okay. Um, what's your favorite movie or TV show? Um, movie, I would say Pride and Prejudice. I like those historical, I like Jane Austen. I like which, which version of Pride and Prejudice? No, I'm, I will go against conventional norms. The and newer one? The newer one. With Kira Knightley? Yes. Yeah. Most people think I'm wrong and like Colin Firth, but I felt that's Elizabeth. That's my mom's. Was, that's like mom's? her favorite movie. Yeah. You know, or Elizabeth was just whiny in that one. And to me, after reading the book, I don't feel like Elizabeth was whiny, mm. but maybe she was. I don't. And I do like Colin Firth. He's he's, he's good. good yeah. He's good. Yeah. Uh, move or that was movie TV show. I'm I love Dateline 2020. Those crime mysteries. Mm. My husband yeah. worries. He starts side eyeing me like, oh, and <laughs> I just I love if I ever didn't teach, maybe I would go into forensics. I don't know. That would be something that would be fascinating. Well, you said you went to law school, right? I did. Yeah. I did. So you kind of have that. Criminal law was yeah. my favorite topic. I loved it. I loved, you know, how they put the pieces together, how they figure mm -hmm. it out, how they look at the evidence, um, and they create a story around it. Mm -hmm. So that is, that's yeah. probably. Well, I used to be a, a reporter, and my okay. my favorite thing to cover was when, when I got to go to cover trials at yeah. the courthouse and uh, just spend a day, you know, listening to, to testimony and all that. I found it fascinating. Yeah. Um, Okay, which, what's your favorite song, or who's your favorite musical oh, artist group? I that is tough. I'm a big Aerosmith fan. Yeah. Any kind of Dream On. Dream On. Like early one. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I like the early stuff. Um, oh, I really like Three Dog Night. I like a lot of '70s kind of rock. Um, I love Buffalo Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably the stuff my mom listened mm -hmm. to. Uh, but yeah, it's probably some of my favorite. Cool. Uh, so I think I might, well, I don't know. What was your favorite subject in school growing up? Not geometry. Drama. Really? Yeah. Okay. I started as a theater minor or a theater major in college, realized I probably wouldn't work in it. So I needed to change. And that's when I switched to communications. Uh, not because I I've always wanted to work in communications, but it required the least amount of credits just to get through. It took me a long time to just, that struggle, there's there's learning in the struggle. And uh, I learned that I didn't want to work in communications and I didn't want to starve and be a starving actress either, but I really loved drama. That was, mm -hmm. I was definitely a theater geek. So were you in a lot of musicals and plays I throughout? I was, yeah, that was, school. that was my, yeah. That was my jam in high school, um, middle school too. I did the junior thespians and uh, those competitions and musicals and, uh, you know. Do you have any big parts in any uh, musicals yeah, that we I was, would know of? Oh, it was Baroness Schrader in The Sound of Music, the okay. fiance, the yeah. mean one. Yeah, I always liked playing the villain. That was good. Um, and then I played Mame and Mame. That was in high school. So and Auntie Mame, a lot of people know. Um, and oh, a fiddler on the roof. I played the mother, Golda. Nice. And you know, just always, always loved it. Still love Broadway. Still love music. So you, can you sing? I won't make you sing. Yeah, I'm thank you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can carry a tune. Cool. Uh, okay. So if you could have dinner with anyone, living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, just one person. Yeah. Can just I one. just have like a round table? Um, <laughs> I would probably say Jesus Christ. I just love. You know, I love God's word. I love just the miracles. I love, he seems like he's pretty chill. Um, <laughs> and 
I think we all need that. We all need a little more chill, a little more love, compassion. Um, and I hope I show that. I hope I show that every single day to my kids. You know, the love and compassion is the important part. Um, if we had more of that and if we instilled more of that in our kids, I think maybe we wouldn't be in the messes we find ourselves in as much today. Well, so. gosh, and just imagine all the questions you could ask. I too. know. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe a miracle or two. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that would be that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Courtney Black, fifth grade science and social studies teacher at Allen Park Elementary School. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for I appreciate me. it. It's All awesome. right. Thank and you. thank you for watching and listening. See you next time.